Furman Buchanan is rector of St. Peter's in Greenville, and he's long been a leader in many aspects across our diocese. And starting today, you can pre-order the new book he wrote for Forward Movement, Gifts of God for the People of God, where he looks at the Eucharist and offers insight and stories to help connect it with our daily lives. thought you might be interested in that book. We'll have links in the show note where you can order it. And I hope you enjoy this interview with Furman Buchanan on today's episode of Make, Equip, and Send, the stories that shape EDUSC. So, Furman, you've recently published uh, a new book, Gifts of God for the People of God. How did this, this idea for this book come about? Where did it come from? Well, the the true genesis of this book came from the fact that I arrived into the Episcopal Church as a Southern Baptist, and uh, it was challenging, to say the least, to keep up with what was happening and what page it was on and what posture I was supposed to be sitting or standing or kneeling there was no possibility of really reflecting on the meaning of what I was doing because it took all of my concentration to just keep up with what everybody else was doing. And so it occurred to me as a parish priest, seeing people in my congregation at the door after the service, that I would recognize expressions of glad I was here, but don't really know what just happened. And so therefore, um, I began cobbling together pieces and parts of sermons and Sunday school lessons that I have taught over the years into a book that would explore step by step from the opening sentences to the final dismissal, uh, what is happening in the Eucharist. Not academically, not so much technically, but exploring it through biblical stories and personal stories that illuminate uh, what some of those practices and prayers uh, are about. You know, as I read through, there were a couple areas that really struck me um, right from the first chapter. You know, we start the, the Eucharist, we start our worship each week, Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the way you talk about this, that our worship is this act of blessing. Could you go into that a little bit? How do you see our worship? How can we bless God? So one of the challenges of living in 21st century America, I think, is that we are so uh, much of a consumer culture that we can't even recognize that is the water we're swimming in. And so we tend to think about what am I getting out of church uh, or to use a phrase that I myself have used, you know, church shopping when one goes moves to a new community or something like that. That represents a failure to recognize that the primary thing we are about in worship is praise and adoration of God. And that is not a consumer act. Uh, that is an act of offering. It is easy to miss how much offering is actually occurring during the course of the Holy Eucharist. 
Um, in the first part, we might be inclined to think we're passively, you know, listening to lessons or listening to a sermon. Um, but actually, we're offering our attentiveness in the spirit of that first commandment, even before the Ten Commandments of Shema Israel, listen Israel. And so we're offering our attentiveness to God. Of course, we offer the songs of praise and hymns, the glory and excelsis, or you know any of those other acts of adoration and praise. Then, of course, we offer uh, the confession of our belief or affirmation of our belief. We offer our prayers, the, the deepest gratitude and heaviest uh, concerns that weigh on our hearts and lift our hearts to offer those up. We offer our confession, um, our, our peace with our neighbor, our offering of uh, financial gifts to the extension of God's kingdom. Uh, and, and, and then all of those things get wrapped up in the offering of the bread and wine transformed and returned back to the community as um, the source of strength. Uh, through which we are pushed out into the world to offer glory to God in the way we serve our neighbors and, um, and, and strive for justice and peace and, and, and things of that nature. So, um, so really the whole thing is bound up in, an, in the idea of offering, um, offering blessing, and it's a two-sided coin. We offer blessing when we gather to worship and we offer blessing when we are sent to serve. You mentioned confession in there, and I love how you talk about that the where else in our lives do we admit where we've screwed up? Where else in our lives do we take the masks off? How do you see confession, the act of con corporate confession, you know, for this book, but even individual private confession, how do you see that as almost an antidote for our modern life where we have to be the best, we have to put our best foot forward. How do you see worship and confession as kind of a counter story to that? Well, it's just a painful liberation, isn't it? I mean, you know, here's where it came home for me is I took a retreat at a nearby uh, Roman Catholic convent to work on this book. And um, I stayed in their guest house and had a lovely fire in, in, in the fireplace and uh, went outdoors to get more firewood and accidentally locked myself out. And um, that was awful because the fire was raging inside and I was afraid I might just burn the guest house down. And the only thing I could do to solve the problem was go um, to the convent and knock on the door and confess that I had locked the keys in the house and to ask for uh, a, um, another set, which is like asking for a new beginning. And that is um, where the confession really comes home is that it's painful, it's awkward, it's difficult. And to my knowledge, I cannot think of anywhere else in our culture where we're not only free to do it, but encouraged to do it and um, face the awkwardness, face the, the discomfort of it and then, most importantly, receive the blessing um, of that absolution and the chance to begin again and admit what we all know, that we're not perfect. The next piece that's interesting is when you moved into the Great Thanksgiving and then to the Eucharistic prayer as a whole, kind of coupled with this worship as an alternative narrative to modern life, 
you talk about the the Eucharistic prayer, the act of worship generally is as not convenient but necessary. How do you see both both through what you wrote in the book, but also just in your work as a parish priest, how this kind of necessary inconvenience of of corporate worship feeds us? So uh, I would say this. I think um, I have had personal experience through my family with heart surgery. And uh, the thing about heart surgery is that there is nothing uh, less convenient and more necessary uh, for patients for whom that, that, is a, that is a factor. Sunday morning or any morning, uh, the, any evening that we celebrate the Eucharist, um, the Eucharist is heart surgery. Uh, in the spirit of Ezekiel's lesson from the great vigil, a new heart I will put within you, a new spirit I will give to you. And, and, and for us as Christians, we experience the promise of Ezekiel's prophecy in that sacred moment that reflects when Jesus gathers up the dearest friends the night before he dies and, um, and shares his everything, his body, blood, life, love, uh, even forgiveness for those among the friend group who were to either deny or betray everybody, every single one of them was welcome to that table. And um, not in spite of those things, but through those things, uh, Jesus revealed an unbelievable mercy that is heart surgery, that plants a, a new heart within us. That is inconvenient work, um, but it's also necessary work and um and if we are willing to share ourselves um with uh this opportunity to be in communion with god and and with our neighbors uh, uh alongside us uh if we will do that um the we will receive the blessing in the end then you wrap it up with this talk of the dismissal and i like how earlier you said all of all of our Holy Eucharist is, is an offering, both what we offer to God from what God has given us to what God then gives back to us through the bread and the wine, these creatures, and then ultimately through the dismissal where we offer what we have to the world. How do you see this dismissal um, as kind of the culmination of of the work that the Eucharist does within us to prepare us for the work outside. How do you see how the Eucharist feeds us for our daily walk? Thank you. That, that's a great question. The dismissal is absolutely a hinge moment. It, it's easy to miss because it's the very last thing that happens and then we've, we've dispersed, but it's absolutely a hinge moment in the greater uh, process of living a faithful life. Um, we have, heard the story in the Eucharist, um, according to the lectionary, um, we've experienced, we've touched and tasted the story even uh, in the, in, in the um, great thanksgiving and the receiving of communion. Uh, and now we have the opportunity to be sent out in the world to live that story 
Um, because after all, this is not just some sterile thing that happened 2,000 years ago um, to a, a group of 12 Jewish disciples. Um, we believe this is alive and happening every single time that we gather in Jesus' name, that uh, two or more are gathered, um, Christ is with us and continues to shape our own personal stories as they intersect with the stories of our communities and our world. Um, so the, the Eucharist provides the, the nourishment um, and informs narratively um, the ways that we are invited uh, to re-enter the world um, according to the, those categories in our baptismal covenant, to seek and serve Christ and others, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to respect the dignity of, of people who are different from us, to um, strive for justice and peace um, in, in our communities. The, all of that is shaped um, in our praying life in, um, in just about every sense uh, uh, through the Holy Eucharist. You know, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to to read this, and I can't wait for folks to get the opportunity to have this in their hands. And so we'll share in the show notes and then with the diocese ways that you can order this through Forward Movement. Um, but before we go, you're not just an author. You know, you're not an employee of Forward Movement. You're a priest in this diocese at St. Peter's. And so in that work, in your role when you're not writing books, what what are you most excited about in the near future at St. Peter's? What's in your own vocation? What's, what's getting you up in the morning? Thank you. Um, let me just say, first of all, St. Peter's is a remarkable community of faith, and I'm blessed to, to serve here. Um, the leaders of St. Peter's have allowed me to carve out space to work on this uh, aspect of my writing life alongside the writing of sermons and newsletter articles and those things, those kinds of things. Um, one of the exciting things that I uh, get to witness here uh, is a um, deep spirit of service. Um, it is part of the DNA uh, of this community, which uh, existed long before I arrived here. Um, and yet to see uh, how that continues to grow and, and, and blossom. It's, it's, it's just part of the impulse of, of, of St. Peter's. I regularly have folks come to me with uh, an, a new idea or a new way to reach out, to utilize uh, our campus, to, to roll up our sleeves and become involved in, in something. And, um, and so that is always a challenge uh, to, in, frankly, to keep up with. And, um, but, it's a, but it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful sort of challenge. This is our 50th anniversary as a community of faith. And, and so we are celebrating that in a way that, first of all, says um, we're thankful to God that this all came to pass uh, 50 years ago. We're thankful to our predecessors who pioneered the way and, and set a foundation here. And, and of course, being St. Peter's, we use metaphors like rock uh, to talk about things. And so we are imagining how to build upon that rock, that, that bedrock foundation that was, has been laid in the first 50 years um, as we, we continue to, to bloom and grow where, where we're planted here. 
Thank you. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you for your your ministry here at St. Peter's and across the diocese.